I just want to read that passage, and, and then we're going to pray. So Judges 4, um, I believe this is what God is speaking today. And this was the time in Israel before there were kings, and, and because evil had, again, they kept backsliding. Because they had fell, fallen backwards and did evil in the sight of the Lord, God actually sold them into the hand of Jabin, the king of Canaan, this pagan king. And uh, the commander of Jabin's army's name was Sisera. And let's read Judges chapter 4, verse 3. I'm just going to take a few minutes on this. Judges 4, verse 3 says, The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Isn't that what we do? People backslide. They disobey. God, in his mercy, allows something to get our attention. And then there's this repeated cycle of, I'm sorry. And so they're crying out to the Lord, realizing they should not have backslidden. And uh, it says, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. If you've ever been or are currently being harshly oppressed, this is for you. Harshly oppressed. By some unseen force it could be. And verse 4 says, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth was judging Israel at the time. Israel was ruled by judges, not kings at this point in history. And the judge of Israel was a woman, a married woman named Deborah. And it says in verse 5, she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. I'm remembering a time way back many, many, many years ago in a church Dave and I, the church Dave was a part of for a lot of his life, and I married into it. And anyway, we were in a church service, and the, whole, the presence of God was so thick. And I will never forget this. My Aunt Joy, who some of you remember, one of the most godly women you could ever meet, she stood up in the middle of this church service, and she, I mean, this was, she was not... She was very content to be hidden, right, in the background. She was very content to serve quietly. <laughs> I will never forget. She stood up in the middle of church, and she cried out at the top of her voice this prayer. And she said, oh, God, I am sorry that I have allowed being a woman to hold me back. And I was shocked. I remember being like, that lady's bold. I, I mean, I was just so shocked to hear this coming from my sweet little Aunt Joy. I mean, I, it was just, it, it was so unexpected. And it grabbed my attention. And I thought, oh, that's so sad. Like, I, it was a revelation to me. Like, I, I didn't know that. She's passed on long since gone. She's, she's um, no longer sorry. She's fully alive. Um, but... I was just saddened and surprised to hear that, that, wow, I didn't know that that was the thing that had held her back. Incredibly gifted woman. An incredibly gifted woman. Very full of the spirit. And, um, and that always stuck with me. I never forgot it. So I got to thinking about that last night as I was praying about revival. And I thought, okay, well, that was 
That was my Aunt Joy. I've been told, I've been told people, I remind people of her, I look like her, similar personality. And so I've been thinking, well, okay, I don't think that's my issue. I, I don't feel like it is. But I know, and I'm, now I'm making my confession to you this morning, dear family, dear beloved church family, who I adore, now this is my Aunt Joy moment. God pointed the finger right on it. And I'm telling you, because if I say it out loud like my Aunt Joy did, then, you know, if, if we just, con the Bible says confess your sins to one another. There's a reason. There's a reason for that. If you just get it out, then we can, we can hold each other to it. And, and I know, I know God put his finger on it, and I'm dealing with this. I'm telling you, I, my thing has always been, I'm afraid that looking like I want to be too much in control, I'm afraid of that. It's that fear of reputation. Look, if, if God has given you a leadership personality, you cannot be held back by those who think, who will wrongly interpret you as a controller. You have to not worry about that. <laughs> you have to be okay with that. It's going to happen. And I, I, God convicted me that I have allowed that fear of how I will be perceived if I do too much, say too much, put myself out there too much, that fear of how I will be perceived has held me back. No more. God, can, God is convicting me. I have, I have to please him. I have to be more interested in what he thinks. And so here's Deborah. She's, she's the judge of Israel, the only female judge that Israel ever had that we know of um, at the, that time. And, and so they're, they've got this king harshly oppressing them. She's got a real problem. She sends and calls for Barak, verse 6. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam, from etc., and said to him, has not the Lord God of Israel commanded you, she's telling him, God has commanded you, God's asking you to do something, go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor, take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun, and against you, this is her word from God to Barak, against you I will deploy Sisera, that's the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into her hand. In other words, she's saying, hey, Barak. She calls this guy Barak. We don't know much about him, except that he must have had some kind of military experience. She says, God has commanded you to go against this enemy army that's been oppressing us for 20 years. You know what he says to her? He says, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I won't go. First of all, he has the audacity to put conditions on what God's asked him to do. The audacity. God, I will obey your call on my life. I will do what you've asked me to do. But only if, only if, and what a strange if. He says to this woman who sits under a tree all day, only if you go with me. You know it wasn't because she was some kind of a military expert. It wasn't like she went through buds or anything. Why would he demand that she go with him? Couldn't have been physical strength. You know what it was? I don't feel secure 
in my relationship with God, and I don't trust that the Holy Spirit could empower me as much as he empowers you, so I need you to go with me. Disobedience fueled by cowardice. Disobedience fueled by cowardice. He assumed that God could only give him the victory if he had the help of someone that he perceived had more of the Spirit of God than him. And yet God clearly called him and him alone. Some of you, God is asking you, and he's been asking you to do something, to lead some kind of victory alone because he entrusts his spirit to fill and empower you. And too many times we act like Barack and say, I can't do it by myself. I, I, I need the pastor to help me. Well, we're, hey, bodily ministry is important, and, and we're here to pray with you, yes, and empower you by the laying on of hands, yes. But what has God called you to do with your life that you would cower in fear and say, oh, only if? It's disobedience, fueled by fear, fueled by fear. So you know what Deborah says to him? Verse 9. I'm learning from Deborah, because I might have said, fine then, we'll just continue being oppressed. <laughs> you want to be that way? But that's why I'm not Deborah. Deborah says, I will surely go with you, nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman, and she wasn't talking about herself. She was talking about some obscure little wife out there somewhere. Read the story. It's crazy. This little woman named J.L. takes this big tent peg and drives it through Sisera's head. It's quite gory. Thank you. This obscure woman gets the credit for being the war hero and defeating this entire oppressive nation. The credit was supposed to go to Barak, and he would have given God the glory, but because of fear that fueled disobedience, someone else got the credit. What is God saying he has called you to do? Every single one of you who has had said yes to God, come and be the Lord of my life, he desires to fill you and to empower you to be a Barak, not a hesitant Barak, <laughs> but a leader leading in victory, daring to go against the spirits of darkness who are fighting against your family, fighting against your mind, whatever it is, against this nation. God's called you. He's called you into battle, every single one of us. And we will either cower in fear and not trust that God can actually empower each of us alone, or we will be obedient and say, okay, it's you and me, Jesus. It's you and me, Holy Spirit. Let's go do this thing. I want to close this morning by... offering prayer, and I'm going to ask uh, the prayer team 
We have a, a, we have a designated prayer team. I'm going to ask you to come up. And if you want prayer, if you have been harassed and oppressed by some kind of enemy, maybe it's, it's unseen forces that are attacking your home, members of your household, your mind, whatever it is, I want to make a place for prayer today before we go. And so I'm going to ask you, if you need prayer, to come and take a place on the front row. Maybe we can dim the lights. Um, Dave, if you could come help pray. Um, Nathan, Jean, Mary Jo, Barry. If you need prayer, come take a place on the front row. We're going to pray for you today. We've got prayer warriors. We've got some people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're going to pray for you. If you need to go this morning, feel free to quietly slip out. But if you want prayer, don't miss this opportunity. <laughs>